Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast, presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages, top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the beautiful game network, Roughneck Scars, and Golden Gold Press for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. And without further ado, let's get into our next episode. All right, guys, really excited to get this week's episode started today. We've got a, a goalkeeping expert who's got plenty of plenty of experience in the in the uh, goalkeeping world, uh, specifically here in the U.S. And so, I definitely wanted to to talk to him today about some of what's going on in the current goalkeeping uh, development cycle and and, and what's going on in, in the professional ranks and college ranks. So, we've got none other than than Bill Reno here. So, Bill, I want to say thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be back. Uh, it's been a little bit since we crossed over, so I'm trying to think the last time we recorded. It's been it's been a little bit. Um, yeah, I think we I think we recorded a couple years ago. It's yeah, been, two it's years. That sounds right. That sounds it's right. It's definitely <laughs> been a little while. I remember. I think last time we talked about you know the rankings. You're, you're the ranking system you had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, now I just want to. I, I feel like there's so much change that's going on in 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 soccer in general, but specifically with how goalkeeper development is is being approached and in the pathways to the professional ranks, pathways to college ranks. So I just wanted to discuss and get your thoughts on a little bit more. I've, obviously, I've been at the professional level for ten years and I'm retired now, but I don't really. It's like I don't really have a great pulse on the youth. Um, youth soccer system and specifically like youth goalkeeping and, and and who's hot who's not or like what what development system looks like so i kind of wanted to get your views on on some things and and, and how it's it's currently going so i guess i, yeah. I guess the best place to start would be kind of just like where where you're at right now uh, what you're doing right now and and who you're working with right now yeah so i just finished up at the university of connecticut in the fall um big overturn of the staff the the head coach retired there ray reed um he's He's going to get mad at me if he hears this, but I can't remember how many years. I think it was like 26, 27 years there. It was, it was a while. Um, and so uh, kind of in between at the moment, looking for the next step. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really cool environment being up there. Um, our starter, Jamali Waits, looking to make the jump right now. So, um, and, and our backup as well. Is, is, UConn was a cool place because two our top two keepers were looking to go pro, which is pretty rare. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, just looking at the next step here. Um, you know, we'll see about this next part here. Got a few irons in the fire, but TBD, TBD. I think the big thing for me, um, I work with a, a number of youth goalkeepers and a number right now in that range of like 15 to 17 years old. And, you know, they're looking to get into um, college and figure out what that next step is. And, and they all, you know, they're always asking me for recommendations on how to do it and who to talk to and what what to do and going to tournaments and things like that. I think, I mean, obviously there's still some things that are the same, but I feel like, you know, I haven't done this since 2006, 2007, something like that. Um, so like, I, I guess kind of, I want to get your perspective on how, how best you goalkeepers um, can focus on their development while also getting the exposure that they need um, to, to get to the next level. Yeah. I, you know, I think, 
it's one of those things of what can you control, what can't you control? Uh, and I understand a lot of the frustration and I also understand a lot of the kind of confusion of like, man, what do I do in this next step? Where do, you know, how do I make the jump? Um, that seems to be, I don't know about the, the goalkeepers you cross over, but that just seems to be one of the big prevailing thoughts from not only the goalkeeper, but also the parent as well of them just saying like, what do we do? Um, and so I, in a general sense, I don't think you can really hurt yourself too much by casting a big net. Um, I think goalkeepers kind of funnel themselves a little bit um, as far as like looking maybe a little bit more regionally of just within a 50 mile radius. Maybe they grew up near a university and they're like, I've, I've got to go there. Well, I mean, if you're dead set on it, I don't want to tell anyone not to follow their dream, but just realize, I mean, there's 200 plus, I think, division one programs. And then there's a several Division II in the IA, um, some D3 schools that are worth time that you can kind of go there and develop and maybe finish or transfer, but they're good landing pads for sure. So um, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And then also, I think something that would be, I'm really curious to see about this next five years or so is kind of how the MLS2 is approached, because I think there are a lot of players um, and I might get a little hot water for saying this, but I feel like there are a lot of players who don't really want to do the whole college. They don't do the school side of college. They want to go play at a higher level, but they don't want to do the grades. They don't want to go to class. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see if MLS two teams would be an avenue for them to go down. Uh, I know a lot of people get a little antsy about that because you, know, you think of like, oh, well, you know, they're throwing their way to chance out of the education. Well, for me, the reality is like your athletic scholarship probably isn't going to be that much to begin with um, for 99.9% of them. You're only going to get so much of it. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see this kind of evolving landscape. Um, but in general sense, I think casting a big net, I mean, certainly getting video of yourself is huge, especially in game. You can send that across the country. There's some school somewhere that needs your goalkeeper uh, parents and then you as a goalkeeper kids. Uh, some school wants you. Um, it's just you got to find you know, you've got to kind of wade through everything and find that person. And you touched on a couple of interesting points I do, because I do want to discuss MLS Next and MLS Next Pro and, and that pathway. But I guess the, the first thing for me is like, what do you think? I've got, you know, I've, I've talked to kids about the, and I've, I've trained with, you know, a number of kids who, who have gone straight from high school to the professional ranks versus, you know, going into college and, and going in that path. And like for a goalkeeper, I think, I feel like we're starting to see it a little bit more where goalkeepers at, you know, at 15, at 16, at 17 years old are starting to train with the professional teams and starting to get those opportunities at the professional ranks, even if it's just signing a contract and training with the pro team. Like, what are your thoughts in terms of development there um, for a goalkeeper? Like, maybe that's yeah. that's going to be the biggest thing people are going to talk about. It's like, is, is it better for a goalkeeper to get games in college and develop, or is it better for a goalkeeper to get into a professional environment at a younger age and, and train with, with older, more experienced goalkeepers, and then hopefully in three, four, five years they're getting, you know, the games that they, they need to be getting? Yeah, I, and I'd be curious your, kind of your experience with this, but it, there is something to be said about younger goalkeepers training with older goalkeepers, especially if there's a big age gap there, not just two, three years, but maybe seven, ten years. Um, you, I'm sure you're on the, on the back end of your career. You probably had some young goalkeepers. I'm curious if you trained up with any older keepers kind of through college or right out of that. But, um, you know, and I think because it's just an evolving landscape right now, of and I guess to be specific on that because I, I could be kind of misinterpreted a lot of 
teams are starting to pivot as far as how they're approaching goalkeeping. So you can look back, I mean, certainly through most of your career, Brandon, getting from USL to MLS was very, very difficult, as I'm sure you and a number of other goalkeepers are aware of. Um, that door is starting to open now, and they're starting to look at other avenues other than just saying, like, hey, who, who can we pick up from the draft and try to work them up? Um, teams are getting more creative in that sense. They're also looking to get value out of their academies. Um, and then also with this MLS Next Pro, it's going to just be another avenue that teams can be looking at. And that's going to vary from team to team. So some teams that are notably doing well is probably Chicago Fire and Real Salt Lake are probably the top two right now um, as far as really investing in kind of teenager goalkeepers. Um, and so all that landscape is just really shifting. What it's going to look like in five, 10 years is probably a lot different than it looks like now. There's probably some team that's going to wake up and say, hey, you know, um, Gabriel Slovenia was sold for $20 million. Like, why don't we, you know, why don't we jump on that? Um, and so I think the Zach Steffen sell to Manchester City can open some eyes for some people, but you still see some teams are a little reluctant to dive into it. So it's just kind of place to place right now, and it can change very fast. The thing I kind of always look at is like, okay, what's the history? And that's not to say things can't change, but there's it's easy to talk and say, oh, yeah, we're going to develop, and we're going to do this and that. Well, if you've never done it, I, you know, like I, I'm a little reluctant to buy in. And again, yeah, like things can change. Like I think RSL is a good example of it seems like kind of overnight. They just shifted philosophies, and they really bought into it, and that's cool. That's exciting. Um, but, you know, I, I – until things start like really having a stream of productivity, I'm a little reluctant to buy in, but that said, I think there's, there's reason to be excited right now. Yeah. I think, you know, from my perspective, I've, I've trained with, you know, whether it's in Charlotte or whether um, it's in Rochester or other places that I've been, you know, most teams have academies um, and, yeah. and typically bringing in young goalkeepers for, you know, be a fourth goalkeeper or provide numbers and things like that. I, you know, I've, I've trained with a number of, of those goalkeepers, academy goalkeepers, and a number of, of good college keepers, you know, some some of that are in MLS right now. And I think it's, it's there, you know, they always ask the same questions, you know, what are, what are the advice, you know, should I, should I go to college or should I, you know, pursue going professional? And sure. it's, yeah. it's tough to answer being at the USL level. And like, I'm like, I don't think you should, you know, with, with where I, what I've seen in the USL it, at the time, it wasn't really like a good option for uh, a goalkeeper to go straight from high school to yeah. college. But I think if, if there's a team that's willing to, to invest in you and, and it's a team that's willing, that's proven that they can develop a, a player, especially a goalkeeper to, you know, make that jump, whether it's MLS or whether it's to Europe, I think it's become much more of a viable option now than it was back when I was, you know, yeah. 17, 18 years old or even coming out of college, you know, the, the oh, way yeah. it developed has is, is, is definitely grown and now clubs are taking more, um, more serious looks at, at young players because they do see the financial benefits, um, you know, paying off later if they can, you know, sell that player and, and, and make a, a tidy sum for that. But I think, I think it's 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 tough to it's definitely a case by case basis, right? You got to look at you know what what club is interested in you and what their history is, like you're talking about, like the history of their development of, of players and selling of players, moving players on. Um, I obviously I went the college route and it worked for me, and then you've got much better stories like like Matt Turner who went the college route and and you know everyone's gonna point out Matt Turner now that he's you know 
national team goalkeeper and, and going to the Arsenal. And, and I don't, you know, I think that's it's an amazing story. You know, he's done well. I don't see that happening for for yeah. a majority of, of undrafted goalkeepers. And so that's where that's where I think a little bit of the, the trouble is, is like telling, you know, there's a balance of saying, hey, you, you can do it versus the likelihood of you doing it, right? The, the likelihood of, mm-hmm. of you going undrafted and, and then finding an MLS club and, and getting the games and, and then, you know, getting the notoriety necessary. But like, I think I've seen a little bit too much of where, you know, college goalkeepers get drafted and then MLS teams kind of string them along or they sign them for a year and then they, they're cut and they're kind of back at the same place that they were a year ago. And I think that's the one of the toughest things. I, I recently went with went, went through it with one of the goalkeepers I know who, who came out of college last year and he was he kind of was in that situation where it's, a, um, you know, do I go into preseason with this MLS team or do I take some other options maybe at the USL level that could be better for me and uh, offer me more opportunity? Um and ultimately, it's it's tough to turn down MLS, you know, to the, the sure. top in, in in the United States. I think it's tough to say no to that. So I think everyone's got to make their own decision. I just I just love the fact that there's so many different pathways now um, for goalkeeping. I love that teams are starting to give younger players opportunities. I think I look at like some of the League One teams who have done that with with young goalkeepers. I love to love to see and I even I even play against, you know, 18, 19 year old goalkeepers who are who are coming up and, and learning and developing. Cause I think that that just gives more opportunity for the for the younger generation. It gives more motivation for the younger generation to, you know, I could one day be playing in that in that stadium and hopefully make it up to the the last level to Europe. So I think that the, the pathway is definitely there and I think that it's it's good that they're finally developing something like that um, yeah. yeah no I, 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 I'll let me just throw one thing in there because I, I think you hit on a lot of good things but I, I think that the number of pathways is huge right now because that's giving more and more control to the player so the higher up you get the kind of less control you're, you're going to run into so you know you can see a lot of these MLS teams that will just draft a keeper and then cut them in a year or two and then draft another keeper and they just go in that cycle and they never there's no pathway forward. But right now you've got MLS, uh, the championship, League One, uh, this next MLS Next Pro, East College is still hundreds of colleges there. There's just so many avenues. And then in that, the player can kind of choose what they're looking for, but also the teams can kind of say, hey, we're, we're wanting to go this route or we're wanting to go this route. And there's a lot of – there's just – you're at a buffet right now for goalkeeping, which can be kind of overwhelming, uh, <laughs> to be honest. But um, – I, yeah, I, th- I think that's the reason why I get kind of excited about this right now is because like we've got hundreds and hundreds of routes all around and, you know, it's tough to keep a pulse on that. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a exploding landscape at the moment. And I think that gives a lot of power to the individual, but you're going to have to put a lot of leg work in that at every level from high school to whatever that next step is, whatever that next step after that, there just has to be a lot of leg work there, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it, there weren't these options when I came out, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like, you could go, you know, I remember my, my youth coach talking about going to do some trials in Europe, or going to college. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really know about Europe, but it's not really something I want to do right now. And so, you know, I ended up taking the typical route, but like, and, and that's not to say that college doesn't have its benefits. I mean, I think you I, I was actually, I was in, uh, I was doing a coaching session here in Charlotte recently and uh, just randomly on the, on the field next to me was a group of, of uh, soccer players. 
and they were doing just doing a bunch of shooting drills and one of the goalkeepers caught my eye because like he was just making save after save after save mm-hmm. um and i just took a quick glance and i realized it was george marks um oh sick and from clemson and 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 he was impressive with with you know his technical ability his his shot stopping ability like it, he seemed like a really polished goalkeeper and i and i just remember thinking like you know that's not how i looked when i came out of college yeah um, yeah and just thinking about the, the benefits of, of going to college i guess i, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about that it's like you know I guess what are some of the benefits of, of going to college for a goalkeeper? I guess a, a goalkeeper who may not be as ready uh, to take that next step to the professional level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think the benefits that were there are still there. So the education piece is obviously a big part of it. You're kind of just put on a streamlined track of getting a degree, and you know, like you said, not every undrafted keeper is going to end up at Arsenal like Matt Turner. Um, so you get the security there of like, okay, well, if soccer doesn't work out, I have this here. Um, and then I think probably the, the thing that maybe goes a little bit, I feel like it kind of gets hit on, but I don't feel like you don't really know what you're talking about unless you've like either seen it or, or been through it. But it's just like, there's, there's kind of an individual like human development track that you get put on. I think this is probably why a lot of those pro teams struggled with young keepers five, 10 years ago that they would bring him in. You've got the 17, 18 year old kid training next to a, I'm sure you've probably run into this, but like if you've ever had a very immature 17 year old kid training with pros, like that's not, that's not going to really go well the first time. And there's definitely ways you can kind of lead them forward and help them on that track. But um, if you don't know what you're doing, then that's just, you're going to get frustrated with them and you're going to offload them as soon as possible. So in college, everyone's kind of equally immature, mature. <laughs> and so you kind of all grow up and move together. And of course you've got the seniors kind of lead in the pack, but you know, the difference between a senior and freshman is, you know, what, three, four years. So, you know, you've got, everyone's kind of moving forward together. And I think that helps develop the human, which helps develop the keeper oddly enough, because then you've, you've gained confidence. You're, you're being thoughtful. You've you've had to work at something. Um, all that kind of pushes you your craft forward. So um, I'd say those are probably the big things there. It's it's kind of an appropriate, like not too small of a step, but not too big of a step. Um, I think the there's a big difference between you know your prodigies who like can get fast tracked a little bit more versus a guys that need like Matt Turner. I think he. I doubt he would disagree with this, but like he needed time. Um, you know, he couldn't just like Matt Turner is the exception to the rule because he needed time to develop and he needed to kind of get where he was and he had to take his own individual track to get there. It's not a track that like you recommend for anyone else. Cause it was specific to him. Like you're not, like you said, you're not going to go undrafted to Arsenal. Like, so, you know, to, you got to think of like, what track do I need for 99% of them? Kind of these like incremental steps are going to be good for you. Um, you know, the 0.1% that are can fast track, those are, those are kind of on their own thing. And that turn is also on another 0.01% of, of goalkeepers. So I, I think there's still positives there. Um, I think probably the negative I always get worried about is the goalkeeper coach is constantly shifting as I have just left UConn. So that's difficult. The short season is difficult. Um, the number of games is difficult. So if you go the college route, I think there's kind of this assumption of like, oh, I'm secure, I'm safe. Well, you can actually kind of shoot yourself in the foot a little bit by getting too secure, too safe. And then you kind of plateau in your development, um, which isn't good. So, well, I think the pauses are still there. It's just, I think there's some traps that keepers can fall into pretty quickly. 
So who do you think some of the top young goalkeepers are right now in America, whether it's in college or whether it's in, in MLS, USL? Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I think for me, what you, the, the top college keepers that are coming out, you've got just style-wise, like they're really good at a, a couple of things, but you can kind of see like there's like one or two aspects of the game that seems like a little unfinished. And that's not to say that they can't get that kind of wrapped up but you, you just kind of see these unfinished projects um and i think that's why a lot of times like the scouting for college keepers is very difficult you've got these heralded keepers coming out of college that do nothing and then you've got these keepers that you know get undrafted and they're able to go make a career for themselves somewhere so um i think when it comes to those young academy kids are getting more polished and they're getting more rounded out but i think what happens a lot of times like they get so rounded out they're kind of a jack of all trades master of none sort of thing they're very technical and they're very it's, um you know very smart kind of movement but you know like they they're just like b plus across the board um and so where i think we're kind of getting this interesting spot where more and more resources are going towards those academy spots so all to say um i i think people have kind of forgotten about them i'm still really curious about carlos dos santos who is at benfica um 21 year old I, I think he plays a style that I think a lot of Americans don't really know what to do with because it's very aggressive and front-footed um I saw I saw a graph the other day of saying that Matt Turner was like one of the more aggressive and lost keepers and I was just like I think that's just because in comparison like where American soccer is right now it's kind of like holding your line a little bit more which isn't bad I mean that's just kind of how it is um but I think he just plays I think Dos Santos plays is kind of like really kind of bizarre foreign style that a lot of people don't know what to do with. Um, admittedly, like game time has been tricky for him, but I think at 21, he's still got some, some, a lot of games ahead of him. So, so Nina at Chicago is really big. I think Chris Brady is someone that gets overlooked as well. He's also at Chicago. Those are 17 year olds, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and then Ethan Waddy at Chelsea, who's kind of this English American, like, and he certainly plays like he's like this six, four, like very English, like goalkeeper, uh, which is kind of fun. I, it's always fun to like see goalkeepers kind of fulfill the like style of goalkeeping. Um, for me, it's like, oh yeah, that kid has certainly been in English Academy. So um, those are probably the big ones for me. I mean, the, the, right now we're in the, the spot where like there's a lot of teenager goalkeepers that are really exciting, but our 20 to 24 year old gap is like really, really thin. And I think that's probably a product of like it's easy to get hyped and get all this buzz about these teenager goalkeepers, but a lot of them don't pan out. And so then they kind of, everyone kind of falls off on them. So I think we got a lot of these teenager goalkeepers are exciting, but it's like when Slonina is like the fourth chosen goalkeeper for the men's national team. Like for me, that's kind of a red flag. It's like, we should not have a 17 year old as our fourth, or like very good goalkeeper. Don't want to take it from him, but we should, there should be other options there. So, um, but those are probably the big ones for me. Is there anyone that you've come across? I mean, I know you, you mentioned Marks, um, the Indiana kid, Roman. I think he's probably one of the better college kids. I don't know if there's anyone you've come across. Um, honestly, and that's and that's one of the big reasons I wanted to talk to you. It's like I've <laughs> you know, my my pulse over the past five, six years has solely been on mainly just USL goalkeepers. Yeah. So much talent in in the pool and the field that's in the USL. And I don't. I'd mainly watched USL 
um, didn't really watch a lot of MLS. Uh, but I do keep up with, you know, the goalkeepers there. I know some of the goalkeepers there and, and follow their careers and, and what the composition looks like up there. But I didn't really keep a, a strong, a strong pulse on, on the college game. Um, and so, like, you know, goalkeepers I've worked with, like I worked with Elliot Panico over at Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. He was probably one of the more impressive goalkeepers that I've worked with just in terms of size, with his combination of size and skill and his shot-stopping ability. Like, he was he was a very impressive goalkeeper. Um, and it's always you, – you, you can always tell when, like, a goalkeeper comes into training uh, at the professional level, the younger goalkeeper, when he's comfortable um, in the setting uh, and is comfortable with the pace of the game and, and the pace of strikes and, and, and the pace of play. Like, it's, it's not – that's something that like kind of scares them versus when you know I've had academy goalkeepers come in and you know you got to get them off the field before the the rest of the field players lose uh, lose their minds because you know they're you know, giving up soft goals or you know um, just don't have the confidence that you see out of other goalkeepers and so it's 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 like you said it's tough to to bring a younger goalkeeper in if they don't have the right mentality I had that conversation with with um, Paul Rogers one time where he was mm. talking about like you know getting one you got to get it over the hurdle with the coach of saying hey i want to bring this you know 16 17 year old into training and then two you got to make sure that 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 16 17 year old is ready and they're not going to be in awe of the moment and awe of the situation because that can then ruin it for the next 16 17 year old that wants to wants to come in um but there was one point i wanted to touch on um before we wrapped up you 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 spoke about you know being b plus across the board um I talk to my goalkeepers about this a lot too. It's like, you know, is it, you know, is it better to be really special at one thing um, and, and be good at the other things? Or is it better to be, you know, really good at a number of different things, but you're not really that special at, at most of them. Like I, I look at someone like, I look like, a, like an Andre Blake, who's just an extraordinary shot stop. Right. And athleticism is crazy and um, has great reactions. So it, but he's, you know, there's other parts of his game that I think that that aren't quite at that level, right? And that's not not to take anything away from him. One sure, of the sure. <laughs> one of the top, you know, he's a Jamaican national team goalkeeper. But you know, I don't think that that every single part of his game is is as special as his shot stopping ability. And I think, you know, do you is something like that more of an opportunity to get to the next level? Because um, I, I I think that there's there's a combination of things. I think something like having the right amount of talent, but also finding the right environment, right? You can, you can get into the wrong environment that that one coach doesn't like you and you've been cut from an MLS team and now you're finding your way versus, you know, another goalkeeper who just finds the right environment, maybe a similar goalkeeper, but that goalkeeper coach and that, that club has a better plan for them. Um, and so they're, they're able to make a five, six, seven year career in MLS versus someone who just didn't find that right environment. So I think there's a combination of talent, a combination of environment, but I kind of just want to get your thoughts on like, in terms of strictly talent, like what, what do you think matters most in terms of reaching that next level? Yeah, I, man, that's a great question. Um, I would say for the starting point for me, if I were to ever recommend a goalkeeper to kind of like choose not the, this really you have this option this is kind of a silly like idea i'm bringing up but if it was like jack of all trades versus like strengths and weaknesses sort of thing i think you look at blake's game like and this works for any goalkeeper who they're kind of varying level like his shot stopping he just covers so much ground like crossing he just covers so much ground but like maybe distribution isn't quite his strong suit well like teams can shift around your weaknesses so you don't constantly have to face that sort of thing I think when you're kind of that B plus across the board, like 
teams can't really shift to like, oh, let's put our eggs in this basket because this is what this guy's good at. It's like you're kind of stuck in some sense. Um, and, you know, maybe if Blake went to another team, he wouldn't be as successful. You know, I, I mean, that's that's true for any goalkeeper. You go to another, there's some team out there you would do bad with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that for me is like certainly having something that you're really good at. I think it's just like it's good publicity. Um, it makes you confident. Your team can kind of rally around it. You can use that tool, whatever it is. Maybe you're really good at distribution and maybe you're a little undersized. So like, you know, you've got to kind of approach this a little differently and, but you can really ping a ball. Well, like there's going to be teams out there that are really interested in you. Um, and the teams that want a six, four keeper, like, well, they're probably not going to pick you up, but there's going to be teams out there that are interested. So um yeah, I, you know, I, I often think about how I'm sure you could go in a, on an essay on this, but, you know, with USL keepers, I, I wonder how much of, because I feel like there was a time seven plus years ago where it was like, if you went to USL, it was like, oh, well, like you kind of get stuck of like, you couldn't make the jump up because you were kind of tagged as like, oh, you're like second division. But I wonder how much of that it was solely tied to being around a lower level that made the goalkeeper have to play differently. So it's like, I'm sure you have a million stories. It's like how much difficult it was for you with USL defenders as teammates versus like, if you had MLS defenders, like your job is so much easier. So like, you know, with a team you're on is going to affect how you're playing. And if your team sucks, then like your job is going to be really difficult. Or if your team just, just bleeding something out, you know, one part of the field over and over, like, and if you're not good at that one thing, like, you know, so I, I wonder how much of like, usl perception usl goalkeepers perception was just warped by the general level of play as opposed to really thinking like hey this guy could actually play a little bit up this guy could probably go do a little bit more um i mean i think back to that that first dynamo camp that we did where you and um mclean came in and it was just like it was like night and day of like watching you versus a number of those college kids i'm just like dude this guy is way better <laughs> like it's like it wasn't even close you know um and uh i think if you can just if you could remove goalkeepers and put them in different environments i think you'd get a much more rounded view of them and understanding of them but i think when people get in tough environments you know your your weaknesses become can become super highlighted or your strengths can be hidden um i think it's really tough so kind of a long-winded answer there but you have to be good at kind of everything to a certain point you can't be bad at anything because that's that's not going to get you anywhere but I think if you've got like a real strength, that's something that should be showcased because that's just going to help your career out and give you confidence and make it more fun to play. I think you bring up an interesting point. Um, and just thinking specifically to my experience, I went into two different MLS environments, uh, mm -hmm. one in Kansas City and one in, in D.C. And I think back, uh, you just bringing that up makes me think back of like the experience there. And then I remember in Kansas City, um, I struggled with my feet and this was right after my 2015 mm. season. And in that 2015 season, I wasn't asked to play with my feet. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, we play, I played on a team that I got two or three shots a game. We controlled, we had the ball most of the time. It wasn't really in our own half. We weren't like, I wasn't a playing goalkeeper, right. With my feet. And so that's not something I really had to do. I went into to Kansas city directly after that season, like three days after the season was over and, they wanted you know me to play with my feet really confidently in small side and in tight spaces and things like that and and I just wasn't I wasn't mm. ready for that um I just hadn't really worked on that and then you know I look I think back to, to 
going into DC in 2017. And the team I was on at the time, our backline struggled mightily. Um, and in one of the specific situations was just with balls being whipped in. And so I often found myself, you know, cheating off my line a little bit more to cover in mm -hmm. behind my back line. So we weren't giving up those opportunities. And then going into DC, I remember playing a small sided game and, and, you know, I, I'm doing the same thing that I typically do at Harrisburg and, you know, at the MLS level strikers are a little bit more cognizant, a little, yeah. bit, a little bit, a little bit trickier. And so a guy beats me at the near post on, in one of those situations. I remember one of the defenders, I can't remember his name, turned to me and it was just like, you know, Hey, you just got to focus on the near post. We'll, we'll cover the rest of it. And I'm yeah. just like, that's not what I deal with <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in my typical environment. So it's like, they, it's, it's, it's interesting that you point that out. Cause I, I now I can look back and think like, you know, that's if I'm training a certain way for nine months out of the year and then I go into an MLS yeah. environment and an MLS environment, that's nothing like the team that I play with, whether it's a different style or or a, a totally different quality of player. Like it's it's tough to adapt to that. Unfortunately, you have to. Right. So that's I think that's where it kind of it kind of helps you to be a little bit more well-rounded where to uh, of a goalkeeper so you can start to adapt a little bit more but i also think like there's there's some benefit to what you're saying like i didn't think about that with blake like you know it's you know the, the teams are going to adapt if you're good enough at something you know like obviously if you're good enough keeping the ball and that teams are going to adapt to the weaknesses sure. that you have right if you yeah. can't if you can't really play well with your feet guess what they're just not going to play the ball back right, right but they're right. going to be happy with you getting shut out so it's 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 such a fine balance um and i, I, I think about a number of MLS goalkeepers who've been career backups and very well-rounded goalkeepers and very good goalkeepers, but um, haven't really gotten the opportunity. Then you can look at other goalkeepers who are just special with certain things um, and and have done well. So I think it's 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 tough to just give you can't give one answer to to everyone and yeah. say this is how you do it. It's it's kind of got to figure out and find the right environment, figure out what works best for you and 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 what development path is going to get you to where you want to be. So. Yeah. It's it's well, it's such an interesting conversation. I I love talking about you know the the development path for goalkeepers these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I and this I'll say this is one thing that I don't I don't mind doing it because it gets me like clicks on my site and, and buzz and whatnot. But like my ranking stuff, I think there's sometimes this idea of like oh if you just move up you know if you just you know if you have the seventy eighth ranked goalkeeper then like you should get the sixty like try to upgrade. It's like you know, for, I've got to, if you're going to rank him, you have to rank him somehow. You can't do like multiple like tiers of different branches. And so like they have to be like a numerical system, but team players can certainly go into certain teams and like look way worse. And it's just like, this isn't like a straight, this guy is better at everything that the guy below him is, is at like in my rankings. It's not how that works. It's just kind of how they kind of end up being. So I don't know. I, I think you talk about bracket backups getting a chance like Brad Stuver at Austin, like, man, like he goes from, you know, I, I don't know who, like what percent of fans knew his name. It was, must've been very low before Austin. And then he comes in and he kind of balls out. So I, I think you're right. And I think the, the pathways are starting to open up a little bit more. Um, I think, unfortunately, if like for when you're coming through, like you just kind of came in a little early because I mean, I, I think the number of professional teams doubled maybe tripled from when you first came out of college, um, you know? And so it's just what teams are like looking for and how they're looking. It's just all, it's all changing. And, you know, it's kind of a mess at times. I, I get kind of excited about it. Just thinking about the future, like, Oh man, what if, what if, um, but then like, I look back on the past, I was like, I don't know. We still, the fact that like our 20 to 24 year old 
goalkeeper pool is so thin. It's like, like we're still, still got some time to go here. So really, really curious about this future. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, just a lot of moving pieces all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill, I appreciate you joining me today. I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. We yeah, yeah. Hey, in, in two more years, two more years, we do it again. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I mean, I can talk goalkeeping all day, but I do appreciate you you hopping on and, and sharing your insight. Um, I think it'll be definitely be be helpful for for our younger listeners, and hopefully, they can kind of get get some uh, yeah. some better views on on how they can develop their goalkeeping yeah. game and, and reach the next level. But I appreciate it. Um, as always, you know. We'll talk again yeah. soon. Hopefully, hopefully within <laughs> the next two years, and okay, all right, dude. have some more discussion. Sure, but yeah, yeah, in the meantime, yeah. take care, and then thanks for sharing. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Brandon. And that's another episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast in the books. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping page to drop us a message. We also want to thank another one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scars, for all the work they do. If you're in need of great custom scars for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscars.com to see what they have to offer. As always, guys, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode. (laughs) 